Welcome to the Brand Identity Design Business Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your host. And I've been doing this series called as the Dark Side of Entrepreneurship on my podcast for quite some time, almost, I think, more than a year now. The aim of my show is to educate entrepreneurs about business, share ideas, recommend strategies on how to deal with adversities while running a business. Not only that, you know, I do, I'm very selective when it comes to topics. So I try to come up uh, with interesting topics along with my guests so that you can hear something fresh and new. I do this by interviewing high-level business executives, uh, you know, like the one who you see next to me on LinkedIn, Leslie Dowling, uh, who are willing to share their personal and professional experience with my listeners. My podcast is also heard in over 23 countries, currently ranks on Spotify at the top 30%, most followed business podcasts. My aim this year is to get that number down from 30 to 20% if possible. Uh, If you guys are listening to the pre-recorded version of this podcast, please do not hesitate to share as much as possible uh, the links to any specific episodes or the whole podcast itself on social media. And uh, I assure you, this won't be just another boring business talk show. We'll be injecting a healthy dose of humor personality to the mix and you will be learning a lot more about entrepreneurship so sit back relax get ready to laugh and learn with us now before we start the show i want to make just one uh, important announcement Uh, so the announcement is that if you are a podcaster who is listening to this podcast episode and if you're interested in knowing about sponsorships i have created something called as the ultimate podcast sponsorship kit uh, the episode is already available uh, on season three. So if you like to listen to that episode, you should be able to find it under season three bonus episodes. Now, this ultimate podcast sponsorship kit includes 20 professionally crafted sponsorship contract templates for all type of sponsorships, include pre, mid, post role, affiliate, branded, uh, creative and not a, not that not just that you know you will also receive 10 podcast release forms like music graphics voiceover etc it's around 99 bucks i spent almost an year trying to figure out like what are the different kind of sponsorship the 99 bucks is just to compensate some of the costs of the time and resources i spent just to gather details if you're interested in supporting me uh, and this passive income stream, uh, which I have, uh, do take advantage of this offer. You should be able to find it under the event notes or the show description uh, as we move ahead. Uh, the second thing which I want to do is do a shout out to my uh, you know, pre-roll sponsor, which is Elliot K. He's a well-known business coach, speaker and author based in the UK. He has over two decades of experience in coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs and has helped numerous business owners and executives achieve their goals and grow their businesses. He was my first guest on season four. And this is the message he has to provide you uh, through the sponsorship. Do you want speaking opportunities delivered to inbox daily? Do you want to cut out all that time searching for speaking opportunities so you can simply apply and spread your message globally. If you've answered yes to any of those questions, join the Gig Getters Alert Service today, where we'll email you speaking opportunities, virtual or live, from across the world, so you can apply, you can be seen, you can get paid to speak today. 
Join the Gig Getters Alert service today so we can support you to not only be a great speaker, but to speak your greatness and spread your message globally. Join us today. So that's Elliot Kay and that was his message. So he has started Gig Getters Alert service. It's an email subscription service. £9.99 per month or $97 for a lifetime. I myself have subscribed for this. They sent you notification of speaking engagements, paid, unpaid, virtual or physical across the world. I would highly recommend you to take advantage of this. You should be able to find this under the event notes or the show description. So let's actually move on with the show. And I know you guys are excited to hear what Leslie has to talk about. So today's topic is the intersection of optimal health and equestrianism in the workplace with Leslie. Thank you for joining us on this special episode. Leslie is an equestrian, a certified nutritionist, a board certified nutritionist and a lifestyle practitioner. She shares how equestrianism can teach us communication skills, team building. She's also going to give us uh, tips on building a strong team, creating a safe workplace, promoting diversity. Uh, Leslie will also explore how healthy living can boost productivity and well-being. She discusses, she will discuss self-care, mindfulness, work-life balance, sustainable living. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just in case, guys, if you're wondering who Leslie is, like I said, you know, Leslie is a certified functional nutritionist and lifestyle practitioner. Not only that, she comes from a family who was centered around a business who were into wholesale and retail operations. Uh, she followed her family footsteps, attended university, and interesting enough, she earned her bachelor's uh, of science degree in business management and marketing, and she minored uh, in textile design. It's like a double major she did. She also transitioned into working from Masco Corporation, representing Baldwin Brass Hardware Corporation at trade shows throughout the U.S. And after several years of raising three sons, Leslie decided to go back to school and receive her board certification as a functional nutritionist and lifestyle practitioner. Over the past five years, Leslie has been creating virtual health seminars, organizing public speaking events, lecturing for companies. And in her free time, she also has two podcasts, one which she does with her son, one by herself. Uh, she speaks about health and she also has a horse, uh, you know, her name is Sweets and she calls her like, you know, she sometimes says that keep it sweet, something of that sort. And so uh, it's very interesting, very, very funny. So, so th welcome, Leslie. You know, I want to welcome you. Let's have some drum roll. Let's have some drum roll. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the Brand Identity <laughs> Design Business Podcast. How are you? I am doing well, and I'm really excited to share all about my uh, background with horses and how there are so many comparisons and bridging those comparisons to the workplace. Absolutely, absolutely. This is going to be a fun conversation. Uh, if you are those lucky champs who are actually five of us who are listening to this conversation live, trust me, you will be blown away with the information you're going to get right now. It's not the typical health thing which you generally hear from a practitioner. This is going to be something very, very unique. So my first question to you, and I know you are an avid equestrian and you have a special horse named Sweets. You know, sometimes you call her Keep It Sweets. I love the name. Could you share uh, with us the story on how you first 
fell in love with equestrianism. Not a typical activity which people will get involved. Okay, what drew you into this? And how did you meet Sweets, your beloved horse? Yeah, I love that question. So uh, basically, and as you could hear the clip clopping actually of my one of three dogs next to me as we speak, um, I've always been an avid animal lover always loved being outside, playing, climbing trees, um, more so than just being inside reading a book or going to see a movie. Um, and I've always been very active with sports and played high school, college, um, tennis. Um, but it was really the uh, Mario Andretti in me, the um, just always trying to find something that would challenge me. And a friend of mine was looking for someone to work her horse while I was raising my three boys. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll work your horse. Um, and I started riding my girlfriend's horse and I just fell in love with it. You know, they say that you, you get that bug in you that just drove, you know, you have that driving force, that love for, for some sort of animal. And it was the camaraderie and the unspoken language and that um, companionship that I fell in love with, this true connection. And um, I found after two years of leasing horses, I just had a heart to heart with my husband. I sat him down and I said, you know what? This is a sport that I want to start competing and eventing. Um, and I found sweets out on a whim um, with this very high end um, uh, uh, business where a woman would buy and sell horses. But a, uh, this horse came in at a very affordable price and it was just a good friend of hers, and um, the timing was key. I got on that horse, and it was as if she was saying to me, you know what, I'm gonna keep you sound, and I'm gonna keep you safe on me. And she is a bomb-proof horse, and one thing led to another in 12 years now. I'm still riding and eventing. So that's how I found my girl. That is such a incredible and lovely story, and so many things which happened. I, I like the fact that you're an animal lover like myself, uh, but I'm more into cats than horses or dogs. And this, this is super cool. I, I like the fact that you were able to figure out that something, you know, which you were so attracted and interested in, especially horse riding. So is equestrian like an official name for horse riding or is it called because of some sort of activity which is involved when you do horse riding? Yeah, so when people label, you know, uh, people that ride, avid riders, we usually are labeled as equestrians. Um, and then it kind of trickles into if you are, uh, people ask that are in this realm or world, uh, what is your discipline? And uh, there are several disciplines. People uh, do dressage. Some people uh, are avid uh, jumpers um, and hunter jumpers. And I am uh, an eventer. And eventing is like a triathlon. So I do dressage where you see the horses in an arena in a stadium doing pretty um, pee-offs and wonderful, beautiful movements. Then I get on my safety vest and I am jumping jumps through the um, in the arena. And then I'm out in the fields, uh, running, going through a course of jumps and ditches and streams and and, and just um, galloping through the fields. And they time you as to how fast it takes you 
to go through all of these movements and jumps. And that's what I was have been doing for the past 10 years. Mm, lovely, lovely. That is, you spoke about unspoken language, uh, which you were able to have uh, with the horse, which belonged to your girlfriend. And that's how this whole thing started off. So my second question is, how can equestrianism teach us important communication skills and team building techniques uh, that are applicable to a workplace, according to you? Yeah, that's a good, great question. Um, and it kind of takes me back to the day that I walked into the um, this whole realm of going onto this farm and walking into the stables, taking a deep breath and knowing that this was something that was not going to be overnight that I'd be able to be able to gallop through the fields and and spend all those hours of practice and and learning that unspoken language of of the movements of communications uh, skills and that team building skill which can then transfer into when starting a new job you know you have to start somewhere and you have to learn how to have that rapport and respect for your fellow um, team uh, or pod or group of people that you're working with or for and that respect um, and and that that is something that you have to nurture and it has to grow and that is what makes somebody that um, is successful that takes the time to get to know their group their the people that they work with in a company or a small business or corporation um, and there's so many things that can layers. It kind of weaves in and out of, of the camaraderie of, of working with that horse and connecting and communicating and, and that respect that you mutually have to working in a company and getting that respect and um, having that open communication skills with the people that you're working with. Thank you so much for that, Leslie. I'm so sorry. I Somebody is actually playing loud music next to my house. So I had to go and shut down the door. Uh, okay, so to be quite honest, I may have missed some of the things which you just said. <laughs> sorry. Oh, and it was so good. <laughs> I apologize, oh, but I have Jason. to be real. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I just... Um, yeah, I just gave a short and sweet synopsis on, on the non-communication, verbal, um, the team building, the, you know, taking the time to get to know your, um, the people that you work for and with in a company. And that's sort of the way it is when you're working with one-on-one -on -one with a horse, because you don't know that horse until you start really building that trust and communication. And it just is so apropos when you're working in a company or for a corporation. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Okay, although I did not hear the whole thing, but, you know, I'm just curious. I'm just wondering, is there any sort of scientific proof that, you know, you can actually learn from horses or equestrianism, uh, which you can apply to your workplace? Do you, do you think there is any scientific proof this really works or is this just like woo-woo according to you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking, oh, like, what do you think? Too. I'm a woo-woo kind of gal. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, scientific uh, information background that could support 
the um, the fact of, of the communication skills, uh, that nonverbal and verbal cues that um, is through body language signals. Um, there's a lot of study and research behind that. Uh, just like when you wa- walk into um, a board meeting, right? Or someone is there to give a presentation. You know, it's like a Deepak Chopra. He has this dynamic energy, this 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 wanting of people that, to want to gravitate towards him. Um, he just elevates people and he has this presence. And that's something that you learn to build and you get when you start working with um, animals in general or with this 1500 pound horse um, and you rise above and you learn to have more self um, determination, respect for yourself too. And you also get to find that voice again that maybe was not there um, prior to feeling good about yourself and having that um, feeling of, you know what, this is a journey in life that we only have one shot at. And uh, the energy you exude and bring to the table when you are in a corporate meeting, working with people and working with your horse. So there's a lot of similarities. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much. My next question to you is if you could share some tips for creating a safe and inclusive work environment that promotes diversity and inclusion. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love that because that is so prevalent and something that is just so spoken now in topic of conversation. And, and you know, the first thing is really to encourage that open communication. And, and those skills are so critical in a workplace uh, to have everybody know that they are important, that they are appreciated, and, um, and that they should be heard and 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 have a presence within their work environment, just like the camaraderie that um, I have uh, when I'm working with horses and I'm working one-on-one with my uh, mare, uh, sweets. So it's really creating that safe space where everyone feels comfortable expressing their opinions, right? Um, and that safe space for your horse to be able to um, communicate with you when there's an issue with them and being really in tune with that and in tune with people in the workplace and building that trust. Trust is so key and important um, because that also trickles into the honesty, the respect, and really the consistency of that communication skill. So there's a lot of different avenues that is really really, really important for diversity and promoting that. Thank you. Thank you. So you say open communication and then you said build trust. I think it it really helps. Uh, Is it possible that, you know, because while you're working with horses, they they can't necessarily speak like, like other animals. Is it possible that, you know, you can interpret the message in an incorrect way maybe they were trying to communicate something else and you understood something else have you experienced that i think uh, that can be a situation even at work right with employees wherein they feel something and and maybe the message was sent out in the wrong way what do you think about that i think that's where we really tap into our intuitiveness which you could bring to the table 
at the workplace. And it's something that you tap into and you get heightened with your intuitiveness when you're working with animals, uh, with horses especially. Um, and that is really watching and observing people's body language, the way that I observe my horse's body language to really get to know their personality. You know, there could be somebody that is starting to come into the workplace in the mornings and you just know that they were defeated or had a bad night, or you could just feel that stress that they have. Um, and that's something that you can interpret through body language and um, maybe just keeping that open lines of communication where you can talk to them um, during the downtime or just having uh, just a, an informal quick meeting, just checking in with your teammates and just asking them, you know, how is your day? How is it going? Um, what's, is there anything you could share? You know, do you need a little time off? You need a little downtime today. Um, that is so critical to have um, a company really uh, work optimally. Yeah, I also I also agree with you there. Do you think it's possible that people can take advantage of this and and screw their employees over? <laughs> well, you know, there's always the bad eggs in that, you know, that group and and that's just life in general. Um but I think as you become wiser and more well-versed uh with working with different companies, you could you could pick that out. And sometimes it, there's a reason why, you know, there's always that validation behind why is that person doing that? Why are they taking advantage of the situation? It could be things that they're just so programmed um, to intuitively do that they need somebody to be able to like tap in. And, um, and there's, they're basically reaching out saying, I need help. Um, so it's just, it, it takes a, a special person and a special team to be able to communicate properly. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, you would always have bad apples, bad eggs lying around everywhere. So, yeah. So so my next question to you is based a uh, drawing from your experience as an equestrian. Could you discuss uh, the ways in which adopting healthy life, uh, healthy living habits and proper nutrition can positively impact not only your physical health, but also your mental and emotional well-being? Yeah. Wow. I could spend days and days. And actually, um, I just wanted to have a shout out to my friend uh, and my fellow colleague, Susan Connor. She is here listening and supporting this conversation. She is also a fellow practitioner. Um, and this is something that we're so well versed in. And it's really um, to be able to live optimally and healthy. You really need to have that mental and physical clarity. And that's not a quick fix. And that's something that I think, um, unfortunately, especially here in the U.S., I don't know how it is in the European countries and other places in the world, we always think that marketing campaign of losing that weight, or if we try a crash diet that everyone is jumping on the bandwagon, we're going to feel great. But it takes time. It's a commitment. It's like when you are um, starting your new job, you know that in a week, it's not that you're going to go from zero to a hundred. It's, it's the time that you put in to, um, getting the proper sleep, getting simple things, strategies of drinking enough fluids of, of slowly weaning out the processed foods, because the cleaner you eat, the healthier you're going to feel, 
the better uh, you'll be able to get your circadian rhythms, your sleep patterns in check. And when your sleep patterns are in check, you could go to work feeling refreshed. Your, your brain won't feel fatigued. Um, lack of sleep has a lot of um, directions of, of creating that adrenal stress and fatigue on your system. So there's a lot of ways that you can create that optimal health, to, which will then transfer into optimal performance in the workplace. That, that is lovely. I appreciate you answering that. But, you know, I'm just curious, like, you know, do horses also have to, uh, like, do they, do they also need, I'm guessing they also need to have proper nutrition and diet. Uh, what do you do for them? Absolutely, especially in the summertime, too. And that's something that we can do, too, is the best form of, of replenishing electrolytes, say, in the hot, hot summer is through coconut water. But um, our, our horses can be uh, become hydra uh, dehydrated um, and, and they can create that fatigue and not perform properly. They need the proper nutrients, the grains, and there are overall supplements um, to get them through naturally um, through the summertime. We feed them garlic so they're not... Um, uh, you know, the, the flies are not uh, attracting the horses to the flies. So there's so many ways that we can work together and through um, working with my horse that they're more focused, getting their rest and downtime and being properly fed three meals a day, the morning, noon and evening, they get their, their hay and supplements, just like people. You know, um, you need to eat to fire that furnace for this amazing vessel we call the human body to work properly. Absolutely. And, and you know, guys, you know, if, you, if you're listening to this conversation, we have pets, we have animals whom we take care of at home. We provide them food, nutrition. We take them out for walks, I guess, play with them. And, and you know, Think about it, you know, are you actually spending even one third of that just for yourself? Thinking, you know, is my health is also important. So I think Leslie makes a, an awesome point that you need to look after your diet. You need to look after, your, you know, what you're ingesting and see, you know, what happens, what are the results, what is the outcome. So, yeah. So my next question to you, Leslie, is about sustainable living. So how can your expertise in sustainable living and passion for equestrianism provide guidance for companies aiming to diminish the carbon footprint and encourage sustainability in workplace? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something that through natural horsemanship, where we provide that, um, we integrate that into our program. Um, and that's from the natural materials you could use for horse bedding, uh, like the wood shavings, straw, instead of the synthetic materials. Um, there's also those rubber mats, um, and that can really, really greatly reduce the carbon footprint of a, of a stable. Um, just like uh, when you are in a company, you know, try to ditch the plastic <clears throat> bottles and bring in your glass containers, um, and um, and this way we can kind of, you know. Uh, decrease those um, all the plastics and the toxins that we see that are being washed up on our oceans and even in the sea they have just tons of plastic 
um, materials that are floating around. Um, so there's a lot of different ways, not only it, at the stables and what we, um, we feed our horses, but also how you can um, help out and uh, just help the sustainable environment at the workplace too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, and employees sometimes have to be very resourceful because you need to understand that you know it may not cost you money, uh, but it's costing the business owner money to have those resources. So be resourceful. That means uh, if you don't have to use paper unnecessarily, don't use it. If you don't have to keep the lights on, just switch it off. Just basic things, you know, which you can do. Uh, and, you know, I like the advice which Leslie suggested in terms of, you know, having glass bottles or metal containers wherein you can have water from uh, instead of using plastic. That can reduce a lot of environmental uh, clutter, you know, uh, you know, garbage, stuff like that. So great points, Leslie. My next question is that what advice do you have for individuals who want to incorporate more movement? and physical activity into a daily routine, especially if your work is more uh, sedentary. That means a job, you know, which is helps you to be more seated. Uh, like the one which I do, like I'm a designer, I sit most, most of the time. So what would be your advice for us? I love that. Well, first of all, you know, when you take that break years ago, they would take a cigarette break. They would take that five minute break <laughs> go outside, run outside, smoke a cigarette, come back, um, you know, ditching that maybe. I know a, a lot of companies, they have walking paths now where you could do a lap or two just to get out, start doing some deep breathing exercises where you just take that deep breath in for five seconds, you hold it for three seconds, and then you just let it go. And, and that kind of releases and brings those endorphins into your body. And there's something called vagal nerve stimulation, which is the longest nerve that runs from the base of your neck to the, uh, to the, the your lower back. Um, and uh, that comes from brushing your teeth. You could hum, you could sing, say if you go outside and just take those deep breaths um, and that creates those um, endorphins and just that feel good um, energy that we all need um, or just doing movements and stretching your neck um, and arm exercise and just maybe standing up and jumping up and down for five seconds just to get your body and the blood flow going. And instead of going to the vending machine and taking a Snickers bar or something that you know is just not the healthiest because you get that quick um, spike uh, with the sugars and then you crash, is maybe um, they have uh, mixed nuts or Nutri-Grain bars um, or bring an apple or an orange to work. And you could bring water with lemon or infuse it with fruits, especially now in the spring. Um, and as we get into the hotter months, uh, that's such a wonderful thing to do. Or coconut water. Uh, if you enjoy coconut water, it just restores and replenishes you. And your brain feels like it's unveiled, like you get this extra clarity, that sense of energy. Those are all great things that we could all do. Those are some great tips and advice which you have provided us, Leslie. I'm just curious and I'm just wondering... You know, I don't think it's like, you know, you would be doing horse riding every now and then. I am guessing you would spend 
most of your time with your family and maybe some days with your horse practicing and you know prepping up for uh, the next activity or event so when you're actually away how does the horse stay in shape like you know is he uh, at the stable or does somebody do activities or exercise with the horse or is the horse at the stable like you know uh, what happens basically if you get my question yeah love it just like we all have to stay in tune right and be physically and mentally in shape so does the horse you have to stimulate that horse um most horses are turned out and they get a lot of time just bombing around the fields and getting that exercise uh usually if you are eventing and competing this is the time of year where we're not only are we doing uh cross training on on ourselves but we have to also do that with our horses to work together as a team so we both have to be optimally in shape so if i can't make it for a week and we're in the midst of training to go to an event your horse has to be just fine tuned physically fit so you can get somebody somebody that um can work your horse and it could be a barter usually so it's a win-win somebody could get on your horse that is you got to find somebody that is um well trained in the sense that they have a really great stable seat that they can ride the horse and do the walk trot canter um but it's it's a huge commitment it's time commitment but it is also just like in the workplace you have to micromanage you have to learn how to balance your time maybe not bring all of that work home to your personal life and keep that behind closed doors in your office you have to learn to strategize and when your team at work is functionally in an optimal state of of health and feeling well and they're crisp and they're clear what does that do that also has a direct correlation with productivity and revenue um so when you're optimally in shape and you're feeling good and the people around you say in the workplaces that's going to show a direct effect on <clears throat> sales and um how you are performing in the workplace absolutely absolutely now i remember in the beginning when you were uh, you know sharing your story about sweets how you found her when you looked at her you got the feeling that i am going to keep you safe don't worry so something similar to that do you have a personal story uh, about a time when sweets taught you something important some sort of an important life lesson which you were able to apply in other areas of your life or work yeah that's a great question it's it's really like twofold um i mean she has just first of all she is just my um i joke around and i uh as much as i love my husband he's type a and <laughs> i say if it wasn't for sweets thank god she is my therapy um you know grooming a horse and and really connecting and bonding even if you don't have a horse connecting and bonding with mother nature getting out there walking decompressing you need that outlet um so she really found a place in my heart and in her heart where we just um just that unspoken language of of finding your voice again and um feeling empowered and loving yourself because you know if you don't love yourself wherever you are if that's in the workplace or with your personal life if you don't take the time to self preserve 
how are you going to have healthy relationships it in your personal life and also relationships in the workplace doing working together team building skills um you have to have a happy um sanctuary within yourself and have that spirituality which is so key and important and something that i don't really bring to the table is i'm a reiki practitioner and that is something that i have just intuitively always been very um very focused and in tune with people even as a little girl and that has grown and evolved and it's it kind of makes sense how I've been attracted to animals and horses and being in the horse world. Um, and when you have that, we could all tap into our intuitiveness. And when you start doing that, you gain a respect and appreciation not only for people, but what's around us and nature. And that's something that I think we have gotten away from in our world. And we need to reconnect. Wow, you're learning so many things, uh, you know, from sweets. I'm I'm. I'm shocked <laughs> and I'm also at awe at the same time. There's so many beautiful things. How how do you balance both of these things because I think it's such an activity just to look after the horse and then you are in you know a certified nutritionist and a lifestyle practitioner that also does involve you working with people. How are you balancing both of these things? Well, that's the other thing. I think just when you are in a competitive sport or you're multitasking, you have to learn how to micromanage. You have to learn how to balance, try to create a balance because, you know, in a perfect world, we're all humans. Who is really balanced, right? You always try to keep that scale from tipping to the point of no return. However, it's always that balance, that give and take. And and it's just um, taking time for your work, taking time out to commit to something like, you know, brushing your teeth or waking up in the morning or um, having that relationship and, and friendships, that sense of community, which is so important. And, and just trying to find um, a way that you can, on a daily basis, try to um, create that happiness within yourself and, and try to be there and be present for whatever you do. I, I totally agree. Now, what is what do you envision is the future of equestrianism and workplace wellness? How do you think these things are evolving in the next decade or so? And what challenges do you see ahead? I think that's a great question um, because you see more and more of the younger generation. A lot of them are, are so busy in so many different sports and disciplines. Years ago, kids would be dropped off at a farm. Um, they would, um, for pay, they would muck stalls. That's something that three of my sons have done because when they started mucking stalls and, con and connecting with outdoors and horses, they've really built a sense of camaraderie and respect for these animals. Um, but I see that there's a resurgence and, and people are, are coming back to nature um, you know, especially where we were globally on shutdown, uh, people are, are really soul searching and taking the time to really say, you know, what truly resonates with me? Um, and kids are coming out of their uh, being on their, you know, laptops and, and creating that balance because they're on their laptops all the time in school now. Books are not really the way that kids are not 
transporting books back and forth to school anymore. So I see parents really taking a, a step into creating more health and wellness uh, with the Gen X, uh, the Gen Ys and Zs with kids. Um, so I, I really feel that people are, are definitely getting back to connecting with what is important in our world. I appreciate you answering that. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your perspective. I want to let people know that, you know, we would be open for Q&A. So all the seven to eight individuals who are listening to our conversation from the very beginning, the floor is open to you. Uh, if you're interested, please raise your hand and come up, have a, a conversation with Leslie. If you're meeting Leslie for the first time, I think uh, these kind of occasions does help you to connect with somebody new. I put a lot of efforts and time just to find interesting people. And you can actually uh, get those connections when you come up on stage. So I highly encourage you to participate in the Q&A. doesn't matter what kind of question you have. Funny, interesting, unique, even dumb. It's okay. No questions are stupid. Just come up, ask those questions and clarify your doubts. And while we are actually waiting for people to raise their hand and come up, I want to ask you that how can individuals build a stronger sense of resilience and mental fortitude? And I personally like this question a lot because I, I feel entrepreneurship is very draining. And I, I feel that, you know, you don't always have your happy moments. And sometimes you feel very low. And sometimes, you know, you don't tend to see any opportunity, or any ray of light at all. So in such incidents, Leslie, how do you think, you know, we should tackle this? What should we do? Should we embrace it, accept it? What are your thoughts on that? I, I love that. Um, and, and it's something that we, um, this was part of our schooling through the functional realm. And, and they called it like the five Ps with, with really the, the, the perseverance, persistence, um, you know, uh, the patience, there's, there's a lot of, of avenues and roads that, you know, nothing is ever going to come out perfectly. Um, and when you're building that sense of resilience and that mental fortitude and just that balance, um, there's give and take, you know, just like a horse might be on stall rest or have a muscle tear or do something that is out of the norm that you just never know, like us. And you have to give that time for people and for animals to um, have that respect, to give them some downtime, to build up that stamina again, to get back into a functioning, um, healthy uh, uh, self-preservation and perseverance. So, um, you know, it's, it's all about um, team building. It's all about just being realistic with our goals, with uh, whatever we do in the workplace, or if you're into a special hobby or sport, um, and just staying in that green zone, being in the present moment and working and communicate, communicating together and, um, creating a sense of, of love and, um, and great energy wherever you are in your world. So that's kind of the way I kind of look at things in perspective. And I bring that to the table when I'm working in a company too. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much for that, Leslie. 
let's in and it's time for out to for us to actually take a quick break and I, w- i have a sponsor shout out which i like to do and in the meantime guys if you're interested in coming up on stage uh, feel free otherwise i just have few other questions which i'm going to end up asking leslie and we will continue with this interview do you want to find out how your neurology works do you want to understand why you do what you do then it's really simple just check out yourlifelivit.com and there you'll find lots of different ways for you to be able to learn more about you why you do the things you do and more importantly how to change those in a really quick effective way we call it unthinkable change the change that you'll experience with neural coding is fast and it lasts don't wait any more you get 86400 seconds every day once it's gone it's gone we are committed and passionate about helping people create unthinkable change in their lives we've been doing this since 2008 and literally changed over 41000 problems deleted them from the neurology and then installed a solution that works best for the client whether you want to work one on one or take one of our award winning neural coding online courses take action today the costs of not doing that are just more days wasted so connect with us we're here to help we're here to help you create unthinkable change that's fast and it lasts it's your life live it All right so the ad which i just played right now we in podcasting call this as a mid roll so thank you dr amanda for sponsoring the mid roll so dr amanda is actually an international speaker and she has uh, had around 1.9 million views on her ted talk she has also been on my show on season 3 and uh, her episode is still ranking on the top 5 she has spoken in over 14 countries she has been a keynote speaker for over 36 years and has impacted more than 3.5 million lives and is also the number one best selling author if you do like to get recorded as she as you heard in the uh, ad copy which i just played book your discovery call with dr amanda at yourlifelivit.com you should be able to find this under the event notes or the show description uh sponsorship does help me to reduce down some of the expenditure to host the show so guys i just want you to know that if you take advantage of any of these offers i do make money out of it it helps me to suffice and reduce some of the overall expenditure to record to produce and create graphics you know you know uh, have copyright free music all those things does cost money we want to just reduce down some of those expenses So just being real there. So let's move on uh with uh my interview questions. So so Leslie, you know, see a lot of things, you know, you're the only person who I know who is into horses and who love horses so much. Okay, do you ever feel bored riding a horse? Uh do you ever feel lazy like, you know, why did I get into this? <laughs> did you ever feel that way at any point of time? Yeah, that's a good question. Um and and honestly, Once I got into a horse world, I never looked back. Never regretted it. If anything, when I'm very busy or involved with personal life with family things going on that takes me away from my horse, I feel 
uh, that I, I need that fix, that, um, that beautiful energy that is exuded from horses. It's even just when you just take that drive out to where my, the farm is, where I'm boarding my horse, and you just see the rolling hills and you hear all the farm animals and the noises and the birds. It, it's, it's just so cathartic and therapeutic. Um, it's really a beautiful thing. So if anything, it's, it's just a great feel good, you know, and I'm blessed and, and grateful that I can be able to um, uh, afford this uh, very expensive sport because it really is, you know, your horses are like human beings and when they're hurt, uh, they, they need the dental work. They need the chiropractic work. Um, so it's a huge, huge commitment. But um, before I forget, I just wanted to shout out to uh, Linda Stevenson and Salia Ahmad, who is so beautiful and gracious to be here supporting this um, uh, live today on LinkedIn. They are fellow uh, practitioners that I'm just... Um, just great women helping the world and the community. Um, so I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. And I see Susan is here. Thanks, Susan, for, for jumping up here on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Now, just in case if your friends would like to join the conversation, please do not hesitate to raise your hand. I would be happy to bring you up. So, Susan, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And I appreciate you joining uh, this live uh, stage. Okay, I just want to let you know that we are recording this conversation. So by you physically being here, I'm sorry, not physically, but virtually you being here, you're giving us consent to repurpose, reuse this content and make money off it if you can. Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Do you have a question? Do you Leslie, have, would you like to contribute? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. And I just want to say thank you. This has been amazing conversation. Leslie, you sound just, and Jason, your questions are spot on. So I really had to kind of rack my brain to try to think of a good question. <laughs> but I think I have one. But of course, as Leslie said, we're colleagues, um, along with um, uh, Salima and Linda. Um, and I, my our passion, of course, is working with people in the health field, functional nutrition. And um, I just, the whole thing with the animals, I, you know, I'm not a big horse person myself, as you know, but I love animals. You know, I have a dog and a cat and I just, almost any animal, I just fall, I fall in love with. And I love looking at horses and petting them. But how do you have, do you think like there's a strong connection to helping to reduce chronic diseases by being around those animals and around nature is there a, a direct correlation yeah that's that? that's excellent um as a matter of fact where i used to board my horse that was a therapeutic riding facility working mm. with kids on the spectrum autism um and people that were um are actually paraplegics that they could actually hoist them up through um a pulley system to um follow them as they walk and a horse is underneath them um, and the power that they felt just being on top of this horse. Um, and these horses are well-trained um, to understand and sense when they have individuals that are compromised. And when, when you see, for example, somebody that's severely on the spectrum that are, that's autistic 
and all of a sudden they just go up to a horse and, and lean their head on their chest and their hands are just touching them. The horse becomes this beautiful, energetic, like, like as if they're wrapping a blanket around this person that's standing there and they are so still and stoic. And it's this energy that I can't even um, explain that if you see this, it's, it's so amazing and powerful. Wow, that's great. I love that. And I, I, I feel like that energy definitely helps to reduce many things, blood pressure, blood sugar, all of those things, right? So I think, yeah. <laughs> and it, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's a great thing. So I really appreciate all that you've said today. So thank you. Lovely, lovely. Susan, if you, if you do have a follow-up question, do not hesitate to ask. Do you have a follow-up question by any chance? No, I don't think so. I think you, uh, like I said, your your questions were great, Jason. They were just spot on and you really covered a lot. And I appreciate that. It was wonderful to listen to. Hey, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I forgot to actually say thanks when you highlighted that in the beginning. But thank you very much. Mm -hmm for being a part of today's conversation. Now, I personally feel uh, that, you know, involving yourself with nature around us, the environment around us, does really help you with a lot of things. Like, you know, what you said about animals, just involving yourself with Mother Nature, the Earth, you know, those kind of things does really help. Now, imagine, you know, if you go to out... Like, I, I live in a city, but whenever I go to the outskirts of the city, like, we have more greenery, you know, nature, the air changes. That makes a lot, a lot of difference, you know, and you, you want to stay there as much as possible, but you can't. What do you guys feel about that? Wow. What do we feel about, what, the fact that... um you know, the connection with, with Mother Earth. I just know that when I just have a really long day, I need to get out. I just need to just hear the noise of animals, the birds, and, and disconnect from our devices, you know, our electronic devices. So that is so key and critical to do. Just disconnect and get away from your, um, your iPhones and all that just to um, be able to take that deep breath and just listen to what's outside, which is so important. I, I appreciate you sharing that. We have Izzy who has joined the stage. Izzy, how are you? So nice to see you. Thank you so much for joining hey, the stage. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> so throw, throw in some, you know, do you have a question for Leslie or would you like to contribute to this conversation? So Leslie, you do so much, right? You're a business owner, a nutritionist. You mentioned also you do Reiki. How do you introduce yourself to people when you have so many titles? <laughs> you live a long enough life. There's a lot of titles. True. Um, that's interesting because I know when I, um, and I was just having a conversation with somebody about this. Because the, the, um, when I'm lecturing to corporate, sometimes I, I have to just kind of have a rapport with them before I kind of 
introduce the layers of the fact that I'm Reiki practitioner because some people don't validate or understand what Reiki is. And sometimes that's so far into them that you need to validate yourself with stats and, um, you know, knowledge and education. Um, but but there, my passion and my heart is really driven to getting back to Mother Earth. And you could then build upon that to have um, productivity um, with whatever you do. Um, and that's where I'm finding this beautiful interlacing of, of all that I've learned over the years. And I'm finally finding my secret sauce as to what I'm passionate about. And the people that are interested will gravitate towards what I'd love to share, you know, after living 50 plus years on this planet. Um, and the people that I don't resonate with will find their, um, their, their people somewhere else. So yeah, you get to that point of wisdom. And if you walk the walk and raising three boys and just going through losing um, people that were very close to me in my life, um, and there's not that fear, you know, you just go with what you want to do. And I think that's so important because we only have one life to live. So, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, I kind of answered your question. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> but like, what's the title that you go to? Like, do you have an umbrella saying for like, what's your 30 second uh, elevator pitch when you meet someone in a networking conference where you don't have the time yeah. to share stats, share like stuff like that? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So obviously my name's Leslie Dowling and my business is East West Functional Training where I speak to corporate. I work with nonprofit organizations. Um and also I am very um involved with podcasting and having guests from all over the world speak into sustainability and functional health and wellness and um to connect and collaborate with people all over the world but the passion of my education and all that I bring to the table through functional health for people to live optimally is really important to me. So that's kind of my, my thing. <laughs> and if they don't ask questions after this, you're like, well, you're definitely not my people, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you have a follow-up question, Izzy? Anything else you'd like to ask? I would be curious to know if there was ever resistance because as you, this is like a subject that you don't necessarily always mix in business. And I know that there's like my mindfulness is kind of very present in business conversations, but it's always on the surface. So I'd be curious to know if there was ever resistance whenever you were talking to potential clients or even giving a talk or something like that? And how did you handle it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's, it's either like, it seems like one extreme or the other, like people that um, I kind of blend um, the equestrianism and, and, and corporate um, uh, values. Um, they're like, wow, that is so cool. I never would think that you could, take all that you have been doing with the riding world and bring that into a company. But once I give that presentation, 
they really are, uh, they resonate with that and they can relate on some form or another with just life in general, um, with the perspectives that I bring to the table. Um, but I, I really, you know, and the people <clears throat> that say I, I reach out to um, with, with my presentations, you know, if, if they don't follow through, I don't hear from them then um, it's just not hitting a note with them that resonates with them. So I never take anything personally. I just feel like the people, like your, you know, your tribe of people will rise above and you'll find those people that you can really connect with. I totally agree there. Izzy, do you have another question or, or Susan, do you have another question? Any of you? All right, let's take that as no and let's move on to. We're going to have some fun. So whoever is on stage, please continue to be on stage. Uh, we're going to do rapid fire questions. So I have a few questions for Leslie and one common question for everyone on stage. And I'm glad, Easy, you bought that question. What do you do? How do you explain it? Because I think the common question which I have for everyone will be revolving around that. So, uh, I have two impromptu questions. So, the first question is, Leslie, for you. What do you call a horse that can fly? Uh, Pegasus. Ah, good one. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Next question. Next question. What do you call a horse that can write jokes? Okay, is this for me? Yeah. <laughs> um, could it be a jokester, maybe? Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> That's really cool. Jokester. Okay. <laughs> That's really nice. Okay. Now, I, I know when you send me your bio, you spoke about uh, Jemiah Johnson. Okay. Now, if Jemiah Johnson from the movie were a modern-day influencer, what kind of content do you think he would post on Instagram? And for people who actually don't know who Jeremiah Johnson is, would you mind giving us a little context on who he is? Yeah. So it was a movie back in the 70s. And it was all about um, just the, the, the dichotomy of, of the fact that, um, you know, what, what we have done with, with Mother Earth and with... Um, who really was here first on here on the soil of of where we live with the Indians and Native Americans, and when things were you know people came here to colonize, um, and um, and he really was an uh, an influencer. But you know Jeremiah Johnson would probably be like, get off your iPads, and get back to getting your feet dirty in the soil and ground with mother earth. So that would be something that I, I think that Jeremiah Johnson would be so passionate for all of us to, to do again. <laughs> That's super cool. Do you know the name of the movie by any chance? Was that man in the wilderness? Is that the one? Um, it's, I think it's, it's called Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, I think that's the name of, yeah. So you have to Google it. Yeah. To check it out. Okay. Okay, so name of the movie is Jeremiah Johnson. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, 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 you know, again, back to my question. So, if Jeremiah Jackson wanted to actually, uh, you know, 
if 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 he was a modern day influencer what kind of content do you think he would post on instagram he would say make peace um and you know uh create peace not war and uh get back to getting outside and grounding with our planet and and eat what mother earth has provided for us to take it on another level on an edge of me personally as a functional nutritionist eat whole foods respect mother earth <laughs> that is super cool now if sweets your horse sweets could talk what kind of advice do you think sweets would give you uh she'd say uh just feed me more good good um apples and carrots and um let me just graze and the heck with uh, all the eventing and competition so <laughs> 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 she would say just give me some tlc that's it that's all no, no riding for today <laughs> give it a break <laughs> leslie no riding give me a break <laughs> All right, okay. One common question for everyone on stage. Okay, we're going to start with Susan. Okay, I know somebody else is trying to come on stage. Uh, Asra, I did try to bring you up, but LinkedIn is not allowing me to do it. Maybe you can leave uh, the room, the space, like leave the conversation, rejoin back again. Maybe that would help. Let's try that out. Okay, and while you're trying to figure that out, so my common question for everyone on stage is that if you were a video game character, based on your profession what would be your superpower so let's start with susan so susan would you like me to phrase that question again yes please <laughs> all right so if you were a video game character based on your profession what do you do what would be your superpower so if you ask me uh, i'm a designer but if i were to be like a video game character based on my profession i would be that person that designer who throw spreadsheets at people because my work involves a lot of strategy and spreadsheets so that would be my superpower so i'll toss it on spreadsheets to people kill them using spreadsheets and uh, let's say that if you are a lawyer you know you know your superpower would be to object on things if you were a plumber maybe your superpower would be to summon a plunger at will <laughs> something of that sort something funny so go ahead would you like to give that a try sure I, i'll give it a try <laughs> um <laughs> i guess i would be uh like a uh uh i'm a fairy or a butterfly maybe that would just be sprinkling um health and happiness positive mindset and um the feeling of nature eating good food and just keep giving these things to people so that we could change the way this world is um and just keep giving it to them and giving it to them and if they don't want it then i don't know what do you do when you're in a video game and people don't want what you're giving them that's a lovely answer so you mean to say that you would like to sprinkle good health uh being a fair i would like to sprinkle good health <laughs> mental mental and physical mind body spirit all over everyone that would would even people that don't want it so that that maybe they'll experience that good health and and then they will be like wow this is what i need so 
All right. So for all the other people who are actually waiting, so let's go to Izzy. Izzy, if you have to answer this question, how would you answer it? So I am a brand creator and the problem that I'm fixing with all of my clients would be to differentiate them and, um, you know, have the secret sauce so they are successful. So I would be spreading success on their business and lots of wealth, a lot of money. <laughs> oh, oh, that's nice. That's nice. But what would be your superpower? Like, you know, like how Susan had to sprinkle... <laughs> Uh, you know, health dust over people. So do you have something similar to that? Yeah, it would be kind of a business makeover. I would just go to them, wave a wand, and then they all of their problems would be solved and they would have success. Business makeover wizard. All right. Yes. With a wand, <laughs> with a magic wand. All right, all right, all right. Let's hear from Leslie. So, Leslie, what would be your superpower? You had enough time to think, by the way. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? Um, I would throw them a journal and say, <laughs> start bringing that subconscious to your conscious level and start writing, writing your inner thoughts or what you did during that day. And that's something that we, um, I used to always have a diary as a kid and would write things down and it was very cathartic and I never really thought about it that way but um, I would throw him a journal and a yoga mat and be like get out there just lay down on your yoga mat and take some deep breaths and take time out for yourself and Lovely. that would be it yeah this is interesting so you like to throw journals at people you have to give your character <laughs> a name <laughs> uh, oh my gosh Jeremiah Journal. Throw it. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah Journal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's lovely. That's lovely. I appreciate you sharing that. Okay, so now tell me, I you know, I always ask this question to everyone, okay, who have been a guest on my show. So what is that one thing you want to be remembered for? What kind of legacy you want to live? Oh, probably just creating awareness to be your own advocate and hero of your life's journey. That is so incredible. Let me give you the opportunity to promote your business, Leslie. So do you have any sort of uh, events, speaking engagements or promotions, anything you'd like to promote on my show today? I appreciate that. Um, well, I do have a podcast. It's all about grounding with Mother Earth, and it's called, appropriately, Keep It Dirty. And so I have guests from all over the world speaking into sustainable, eco-friendly lifestyles or businesses that they have and, and their why behind why they are feeling optimally in a better place or changing their lifestyle. And also my company is East West Functional Training. So I do corporate lectures for small businesses and nonprofit organizations um, and really gauging and um, creating bio-individual lectures um, depending on the needs of each of the companies. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you, Jason. And thanks for taking the time. Um, this was really um, great, and I really enjoyed sharing what I do. And um, thanks. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I remember you, you did mention about uh, the speaking opportunity which you have at, at a company, is that something which is publicly accessible or is it just for you? 
so if anybody is interested, they could reach out to me, obviously, through LinkedIn. There is Linktree on there with all the different types of social media that I am active on. And also, my company is eastwestfunctionaltraining.com. That is my website, and people can reach out to me there. All right. All right. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being such an amazing guest on my show. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Now, just in case, guys, you know, if you would be wondering uh, the whole theme. So this is a new concept which Leslie is trying out, uh, you know, to speak about health, but also by speaking about her hobby and her learnings from her hobby that is being an equestrian. So if you did enjoy the conversation, please DM Leslie directly and let her know that she's doing a phenomenal job. If you feel there are areas of improvement, okay, please, please also let her know that we are trying to create her signature speech. And I'm positive a couple of months down the line, you would hear something very, very interesting coming from Leslie's end. You never know. She can also end up being a TED speaker very soon. That's one of our goals, which we are, we are trying to work on. And I want to let you know about the next week's event, uh, Season 4, Episode 7. That is going to be my 97th episode. So it's about becoming a five-figure speaker with Carla Howard uh, live on LinkedIn Audio May 24th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So my show is actually done every Wednesday at 12 uh, Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. or noon Eastern Standard Time. So join us for that special podcast featuring renowned speaker Carla Howard, and she shares her journey, uh, you know, from a novice speaker to becoming a five-figure speaker. Uh, get valuable insights on developing a unique voice, building your uh, speaking brand, handling challenges along the way. Learn tips on audience engagement, pricing, and negotiation. Do not miss this opportunity to learn from the industry's top uh, in a speaking expert. The event details are being listed under the event notes uh, for on if you're on LinkedIn. If you if you can't find it, go under my profile. You should be able to find it. Last but not least, everybody you know who has joined the stage, especially Leslie, please give her a follow. Even Izzy and Susan, if you like what you have heard. Support us, support me also. Please follow my show every Wednesday at 12 Eastern Standard Time. On that note, uh, I wanted to say thank you to each and everybody for participating in this conversation and to making this podcast a huge success. Thank you, Leslie, once again for being here. Thank you, Izzy, and thank you, Susan, and all my listeners who actually I see down in the audience. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Take care of yourself. Bye.